Welcome into another edition of the Stephanie Gately Show podcast here on WFUVsports.org. Alongside my man Mike Watts, DJ Sixsmith here, joined by the lovely head coach Stephanie Gately. Fifteen and six, five and one. You had that bye, and then you made the most of it. A nice whooping of VCU, seventy-one forty-one. How are you feeling today, Coach? You know what? That that felt pretty good, but we have put that behind us, and now the focus is obviously on LaSalle. So let's talk about LaSalle, you guys. About to take the bus to the city of brotherly love, mm-hmm. which you're very familiar with from your days at St. Joe's. So let's talk about this Explorer team. Not exactly the best squad in the A-10, but it will certainly be a tough road matchup and a good test for your team tomorrow evening. A dangerous squad. I mean, similar to you know VCU, very talented, um, but they've been up and down. You know, and it just depends when you catch them, and they're on their court. And last year we lost to them twice. And as my husband reminded me, we haven't won in Philly since I've been the Fordham coach. So, you know, he's been about to change that, right? About to change that. It's changing history right now, and that's going to be a part of it. That's been the motto this season. Tradition begins now. Tradition begins now. Good job, Michael. Oh, hey. He can read. That's That's something I picked up a little while back. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about LaSalle here. They started 1 and 9, and they're 6 and 5 since. You talked about up and down. They definitely started down. They've since gone up. What's been different for them? Why have they been so much better in the win column in the, in these past 11 games. They had a lot of changeover, you know, once the season. I mean, a lot of ki- they had a lot of kids transfer out and there's a lot of change in personnel. So I think a lot of it was just clicking early, you know, they couldn't find that chemistry and I think you know, once they had some games under the belt, I think the chemistry started coming in. They've been dealing like us, they've been dealing with some injuries, so I think they're they're just trying to find their stride now. And coach, let's go back to VCU for just a moment. You get the 30-point victory, but larger than that, the first winning season secured for Fordham Rams women's basketball since 94-95. So what does that mean to continue to build a new tradition here in the Bronx? And to be honest, DJ, we just kind of go with the philosophy of one day at a time. I, I, I don't even know what's ahead of us. I kind of face of like, okay, goals to get better in practice. You know, the, you know, then I know we play LaSalle. And then you just, you know, you kind of go one day at a time and, take care of business and that and we tell the kids that all the time like win the day win the day as a person as a student and as a player and if we can win the day then we've obviously done our job I mean it's, it's as corny as it sounds I have a certain prayer that I say every morning and it just says you know despite you know your ups and downs and your journey through that day you know as long as you have a, you know your best person you can be every day then at the end of the night you can uh, put your head in the pillow and, and rest easy and coach I want to continue on the VCU note for just a second here in the middle of the season, it seemed like your team had trouble coming out of the gate offensively in games, and it seemed like you blew VCU right out of the gym in the first five minutes of the game. Mara had a great start. Talk a little bit about how your team has is, is learned a little bit as the season has gone along to start stronger on offense. Well, I mean, the hard thing is you can't always dictate starting, uh, you know, starting stronger on offense. You can dictate getting good shots, which I think we do, but you can't dictate whether you're going to make them. So basically, to be honest, Mike, our dictation is on defense. I mean, we started off very strong defensively, and that was one of the issues that we discussed after the Duquesne game is that we struggled offensively. And that was one of the few occasions that we let that affect our defense. And so, therefore, we let Duquesne have more points than anybody had all season on us. And I think that that was one of the few times all year that we let our offense dictate our defense. And now, for the most part this season, other than the American and the Albany game where we shot well, VCU was one of the few games we shot really well. And I've said that all along to our kids. If you play defense and shoot well, you're going to win by double figures. If you play defense and don't shoot well – you're gonna have a chance to win the game, but if you you know if you don't play defense and don't shoot well, you're getting your butts kicked, which we did Duquesne. And if you don't play defense 
and you shoot well, you might hang around. But, you know, it's all predicated on our defense. Certainly so. And, Coach, it's so hard defensively and offensively when you have a short bench. Obviously, Emily Tapio has been hurt. Christina Gaskin has been sidelined as well. So going forward, what do you need to do with these six or seven players that are getting the most time on the floor. How do you manage that and make sure they're not getting overused? It's like kids at school. It's time management. I mean, you have to be careful with foul trouble. You know, you have to be careful with matchups. You have to be careful with endurance. And you just kind of have to constantly do spot checks. Do you need need a break? Do you need a blow? And, you know, the the media timeouts really come into play and are beneficial to us. But a lot of it depends on the the team we're playing. Like Richmond was an up-and-down team, and I could tell our kids got winded early. And and so, therefore, we had to really monitor when to use our timeouts, when to use our breaks, when to use our subs. So I think we've done a pretty good job getting them in and out. But it is certainly something we keep an eye on. Well, DJ said it, by the way. Six in most games are all that's playing. How big of a difference is it going to make to get them back for 15, 20 minutes a game to really give everyone else a blow and Christina and Emily? I mean, I, th- I think it, it's it's huge because once, you know, also in practice, they make us better in practice. So it all starts in practice. And, you know, once you, you have that depth, I mean, you see certain teams like a, a, I've been watching a little bit of, you know, we're getting ready obviously for Dayton at the end of this week and, you know, LaSalle's dealing with some injuries. We're dealing with injuries. Dayton has a lot of depth, and that has a lot to do with their success. If you know, they if they if somebody doesn't respond, they're able to put in somebody else, and if somebody gets in foul trouble, they don't lose anything going to the bench. And obviously, that hasn't been the case for us. So we just really need to to monitor our situation and get our get our team healthy. And speaking of Emily and Christina, they now join us on the Stephanie Gately Show podcast. Emily Tapia and Christina Gaskin join us on the Stephanie Gately Show podcast. The Walking Wounded here, guys. What's going on? Not playing too much this year. Emily, when can we expect you back on the floor? Well, I've been um, in physical therapy twice a day for approximately two weeks now, so I'm hoping to be back in a couple more weeks. We're taking it day by day, but, you know, I'm hoping for then. And Christina, I know you've had uh, some sickness on your hands, so what's the status report for you? Um, I'm due to see the doctor on Thursday. Um, After that, it should be a few days if I get cleared, and then I'll be good to go. All right, so uh, good things coming for these two. So uh, let's let's look at the season so far, because Emily, we talked to you in San Francisco when we were out there, but completely different situation now. The team's 15-6, and 5-1 and one in conference. From the time that you spent on the bench, what have you seen from your fellow teammates in terms of the growth that they've made over the past few months? I mean, you're right. I was on in San Francisco, and at that point we were, I think we were undefeated at that time. And after that one game that we played against Pacific, I think it was a, we had a great turnaround. From, we got our blown out for the first time, and this team has grown so much in not only our defense and, you know, obviously dealing with two of our players being out, but just um, how we play together on the floor and how we move together is just awesome. I mean, our communication has been great. Christina, you've been out for a little while as well. How have you seen this team progress from your spot? And and really, in terms of starting so many games last year and really not being able to make an impact right now, how's that? Is that difficult for you? I assume. No, I think you just have to do whatever the team needs you to do and take it day by day. Work hard in practice, like Coach says. If you do good things in practice, then you can um, expect more minutes gradually as the games go on. Um, but you just got to do what it, do what it takes. I mean, Sam's been doing an excellent job this season in the post, um, a really big factor for us. And I think as long as we're winning and we're doing the right thing, then I'm happy. Now, Emily, you're a very tough post defender. There's certain moments when you see Sam Clark out there and you think to yourself, ah, if only I could be in there to help that situation. Does it pain you sometimes when you can't help out? Yeah, I mean, she's young, but she's doing a really great job this season. I I mean, I loved playing against her in practice and obviously with her in the games, but uh, sometimes I see her out there, I'm like, 
God, Sam, come on. <laughs> come on. And then she makes another, she comes down and blocks someone's shot. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. We're okay with that. <laughs> of course, Coach Gailey doesn't call those blocks. She calls them deflections. But you led the team in blocks last year, Christina. So for you, seeing how the team has progressed defensively, what do you think your role is going to be once you're healthy again and you're able to get back in there? I think you just got to take it one step at a time. I think Emily will agree. We'll come back and we'll work hard in practice. I think like one of the main things I've focused on this year is playing hard in practice and making the team better. Um, Sam, um, like you said, she could do with being a bit tougher. So in practice, we try and like beat her up a bit, keep her out <laughs> the paint, just to like help her as a player to move forward. And I think she's doing a great job. Some would call that helping. Others would call it bullying, Christina. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm only playing. But Christina, this is the first time we've had you on this year. Obviously, last year was much different. It was a struggle. Now a couple new pieces we've talked about, Sam. But what's it been like having Mara Strickland and Aaron Rooney along for the ride as well? I think it's great. Um, obviously, we have a lot of talent this year, and I think that helps us. That helps us with the foundation. But not only that, we, we work really hard as a team. We go really hard in practice every day. And I think as the season's gone on, we've paid attention more to the little things, as definitely within conference. And it's allowed us to really progress as we focus on the little things and become sharper as a team overall. Now, Emily, I, I'm reading in your bio, you debuted last year against Rutgers, which is a top 25 team. They were 11 at the time. Mm -hmm. This team obviously playing Dayton, number 17 this week. Really, for both of you guys, what do you think back to in terms of playing that ranked opponent and how you played against them in that game and, and what you think this team can do against Dayton on your home floor? When you go into a game like that, I mean, you can. some teams can be intimidated by playing ranked teams, but for us, when we go in and we scout them before, we don't talk about you know the names on their jerseys. We talk about what each player can do, how we're going to play them, and we just really focus on how we're going to play their tendencies. And, you know, if we play good defense, it doesn't matter who we play. Mm -hmm. Certainly so. So, guys, the biggest game this year was the Duquesne game, and obviously that result didn't go the way you'd like. So what did you learn from that contest, and how will you apply it to this game on Sunday. Christina, even though you're not going to play necessarily, what will you tell the other girls? What did you see that can help them out in this upcoming matchup? I think you just have to be ready from the, from the tip. You have to be focused. You have to know our scout, know how we're going to be playing um, them and their tendencies and what players tend to do. And if we're prepared, then I think that we'll be ready. We just need to make sure we put our homework in and do everything we can before the game. Well, obviously, Duquesne was on the road. This is a game on your home floor. Does that really adjust the way that you guys come out in terms of really starting off strong at the tip? I think there is a certain difference when you're on the road. Like Coach mentioned previously, you need to be mentally tough. You need to be strong. But I think fundamentally, we just we just have to be prepared. And if we have our philosophy down and we have the scout, I think that's that's what stays consistent. Now, Emily, there's eight games left in the Atlantic 10 season, but I want to look beyond the A-10. With a 15-6 and record, 5-1 and in conference, you guys have a good chance to possibly go to the WNIT, if not the NCAA tournament. What would that mean for this program after all the losing that it's endured over the years? I mean, it's going to be a whole new program. We're not going to be seen as that losing Fordham team or that Fordham team that went a season without winning a game. We're going to be a completely new team, and I give Coach Gately so much credit for that. She's come in, and come, and we've all bought into her program. And if we make it to the NIT, that's great. If we make it a couple more rounds than we usually make in the A-10 tournament, that's even better. So as long as we're progressing, I think everyone, you know, that'll some draw some fans and make the program better. And we're talking about tradition right now. A lot of firsts this season for this team and for this program is, are there any firsts that really stand out to you, something that you look back on that, that you're really proud of? Um, I think it's definitely uh, rewarding to um, 
play against teams that maybe we could have or should have won last year, lost within a couple of points. And to go back and get that win, I think it just really shows how the team's progressed, how players have developed, like individual players, and just the maturity that we've gained as a team. And speaking of that, we mentioned it with Coach Gately, two games against LaSalle last year, lost both. So how important would it be to get over the hump this year and get that W? It's going to be a big win. I mean, if we win this game, it'll be the most games we've ever won in conference. So looking forward to that one. And obviously, in terms of getting into the conference tournament, you talk about winning the most games in conference. But, Emily, you talked about being able to maybe get something going in terms of moving forward in that tournament. Are there any aspirations right now? Are you guys thinking forward to maybe getting to play in the Barclays Center, that brand-new building? Are you focused more on the short term? I think it would be exciting to play in the Barclays Center. But like Coach said before, I think you have to take one game at a time. Um, Just look uh, immediately in front of you. If you look too far ahead, you can sometimes get lost in the the scope of things. All right, before we let you two go, I want to know, what's the best – Thing about Coach Gately and what's the Uh-oh. worst thing? We won't we oh, won't tell her. Right, it's just she's, our little secret. She's really good at doing cartwheels. <laughs> we saw. Yes, <laughs> you beat Charlotte. You got a cartwheel. That's the way things go. I think the best thing about Coach Gately, she's really fair. Um, she te- treats every situation independently, depending on what happened, and and she's really fair with it, with all of us on the team. Nothing bad. That's, uh, that's, she could work on her cartwheel. She could work on the cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly a uh, gold medalist. That's that's what we'll say about Coach Gates. Close Gaten. enough. But Christina, Emily, thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck um, for the rest of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Back here with head coach Stephanie Gately. Let's shift forward. Big matchup coming up this weekend. Dayton, a top 25 team coming to your building. Let me hear your early thoughts on what the Flyers have done this season. Just one loss. Well, Jim Jaber and I are friends, so I mean, I, I'm very familiar with the program. And what's what's in, the interesting scenario to me is when I played Jim when I was head coach at LAU, they came to LAU and they beat us convincingly by 20-some. The following year, we went to Dayton and beat them. And it was because we had a, you know, we had a change in players and we finally got a year of getting some kids in. And um, I, I think our kids will be ready. You know, we certainly in no way are looking past LaSalle because none of our kids would do that. I'm only answering the question just because it was posed to me. But um, Of course, of course. Of course, of course. But um, I, I think our kids are looking forward to that challenge and looking forward to gaining continued respect in the conference. And obviously you had a bye week a week ago. Have you begun to look at Dayton a little bit? They scored 105 on a team earlier this year. Wow. They really move on offense. They're up and down the floor constantly. Have you looked at them at all, and how do you try and stop a team that flies as high as they do offensively? Well, I mean, we obviously, tape-wise, you have to get ahead of the game. You know, as much as I, I don't like to look past the certain game, so, but you have to because you have to stay on top of your tapes. So I've had a, a chance to look at them a little bit, and again, it's their depth. They wear you down. They run people in and out. They have they have so much balance in their scoring. They have four or five kids scoring 10 or 11 points, so there's there's no, like, one player shut them down. It's, it's somebody else is going to step up on any given night, so for us, you know, it's it just for us. It's just going to have to play steady, you know, strong basketball, and 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 really transition is going to be a big part. They, the reason they score so much is they get out so quickly on the break, and so therefore we might have to make some adjustments just to kind of cut off that that option. Now you mentioned that LIU example, obviously years in the past, but will you use that and tell your girls about that situation about how you went into their place, able to beat them at their own game? Is that something that you'll draw upon, or is this just 
a fresh game and you'll just focus on the here and now. I mean, I might draw upon it, but our kids are living examples of certain things. I mean, if you look at us this year, there's certain teams that have pulled us out last year. So they basically have seen the, that transformation right here in front of themselves, you know, of, of teams that, you know, whether it be a Xavier who was 17 win streak or, or Richmond who was an eight or nine game win streak. And so our kids have been able to actually live it themselves. So it's not even that you have to give examples. You know, I think our kids understand the fact that we are a completely different team from last year, and not only just in personnel, but in just in, in, I think, in our confidence. And, Coach, DJ will be there. I will be there for this game. In terms of getting other people out to a game like this, I think there's 17 in the country in the most recent polls. How do you get students and fans to support your team? It seems like get you guys are man. You're yeah. doing the winning. How, how in, at least in past examples for your programs, have you been able to get people to come out and start to support? Yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, it, when I was at St. Joe's, we led the conference in attendance. And, and, the reason, and we were in a very saturated area of Philadelphia, which had a lot of division Loves schools. Loves its hoops. Yeah, and uh, the they had you know the Villanova, you know the LaSalle. I mean, there's and Drexel, so there's 61 schools similar to what you're dealing with in New York. To be honest, myself, my staff, and my team just outworked people and going out to communities and and doing things, which we've done here. Uh, it takes time. Uh, it, to be honest, anywhere I've been, the student body has never been a major factor in women's attendance. It's disappointing because I think, you know, the setup at Fordham is conducive to having a good turnout because of the way the cafeteria kind of blends into the gym and, and you can kind of make a day of it. And, and, you know, I heard when I took this job, oh, nobody wants to come see them play because they don't win. Well, we're winning, so you have no excuse now. And we're fun to watch, you know, and there's a 30-second clock, so it's not, you know, women's basketball 40 years ago. So it's a great, great product. You know, I, I sent in a letter to the editor. I thought there was a nice article in the school newspaper regarding women's basketball, and I, I followed it up with thanking them for giving us that attention. You know, Matt, who covers us in the school newspaper, has done a great job. And, you know, I just I would just love for the kids to have that opportunity. Next week we obviously have our, our field trip day where we'll have close to 2,000 people in the stands. And I just want our kids having the opportunity to be able to showcase their abilities. You're on notice, Fordham University. No more excuses. So, Coach, let's finish things off here. What's the key to going 2-0 this week? The key is, you know, winning on the road, you need to be tough. You need to be mentally and physically tough, and you need to be able to get out of the gates strong. Getting out of the gates doesn't mean necessarily on the scoreboard. It just means dictating defensively, letting them get the shots we want them to get, and then making sure that we run our offense and get good shots. LaSalle's a dangerous team. You know, they're the teams that, you know, you don't know what's going to show up. Last week they lost to GW, but their best player did not play. Will she play against us? I don't know. You know, so you don't know what they're dealing with, you know, personal issues or injury issues as well as us. So you just have to be ready to, you know, play Fordham basketball and be the best you can be. And then you can't really look past LaSalle until that game's over. But so my goal, first of all, is to get us 1-0 before I can even look at the 2-0, DJ. And, Coach, you're a Philly, you know, you know Philly. I'm going to Philly for the first time, and I've heard Pats and Geno's. Do you have any comments on the Philly cheesesteak war? I don't know. I mean, you're looking at it's funny because when the Final Four was there in 2000, ironically, the two coaches in the championship were Pat Summit and Gino Ariano. <laughs> <laughs> so that made a great story in that time. I mean, we kind of hit both. You know, my my son's probably saying, "Mom, it's supposed to be." You know, I, I you know I've done both. They're both great. You know, it's it's that the the pretzels, the tasty cakes. You know, they're all kind of part of our culture in that area, and we still have a home in that area. And obviously, playing at Villanova, it's, you know, we still have a lot of friends back there. We expect a good turnout tomorrow night. I awesome. say you go with both, Mike. Both? Why not? Why yeah, not? I, need, I think you go to both. You got multiple yeah. meals coming up over the <laughs> Exactly. Uh, do I look like I really need both? Taste <laughs> test, Mike. Yeah. Taste Fair test. enough. 
So that will do it for us here on the Stephanie Gately Show podcast. We'd like to thank Coach Gately, Emily Tapio, and Christina Gaskin for joining us on this episode. Two big games for the Fordham Rams this week. First tomorrow night, 7 p.m., Fordham takes on LaSalle in the city of brotherly love. Tune in for coverage. The one-on-one pregame report starts at 6.55 right here on WFUVsports.org. Then Sunday, Fordham and Dayton. Nationally ranked Flyers team comes to the Rose Hill Gym at 2 p.m. Catch us five minutes before right here on WFUVsports.org for the one-on-one pregame report. So, for my partner Mike Watts, this is DJ Sixsmith. Have a good evening, everybody. The Stephanie Gately Show is an exclusive production of WFUV Sports.